0: Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, the President of the Public Health Agency of Canada is admonished by the Speaker of the House to reprimand you for the Public Health Agency of Canada's contempt, refusing to submit the required documents. The House further ordered you to immediately submit unredacted version of the documents to it. However, through your counsel, the Speaker was informed that you are unable to deliver the documents uh, referenced in the order. The government announces adjustments to border measures.
1: Beginning on July 5th, fully vaccinated travelers who are permitted to enter Canada will no longer be subject to the federal requirement to quarantine. Fully vaccinated travelers will not be required to take a COVID-19 test on day 8 or stay at a government-authorized hotel.
0: And a parliamentary committee probing sexual misconduct in the armed forces adjourns without producing a final report.
2: The Liberals are saying, enough, the story's over. Let's uh, adjourn for the summer and let the military sort out these problems, which are massive, and um, take it out of the realm of politics.
0: It's Tuesday, June the 22nd. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Susan Delacorte, columnist for the Toronto Star. Susan, thank you for joining us today.
2: Good morning, Mark.
0: So the president of the Public Health Agency of Canada, Ian Stewart, was publicly admonished in the House of Commons yesterday for failing to turn over documents that were demanded by MPs. This is related to the firing of two scientists at a high-security lab in Winnipeg. Um, and, this, and this is a, an almost unprecedented event. It's a, an ext- extremely rare move that, that you would have a, a public servant brought into the House of Commons under these circumstances. So um, uh, there, w- what's going on here and, and what does it all mean?
2: Well, this is a story that's been bubbling under the radar. You know, if you if you look at what the conservatives have been asking about in question period, day after day, as some of us are paid to do, um, they they have kept this very high uh, on the agenda. And uh, again, I think you know, a hundred kilometers outside Ottawa, this sounds like procedural wrangling, but you're right. There are a lot of historic things in this. This does hark back to previous arguments in Parliament when the Liberals were in opposition to about them demanding documents. And uh, we won't go into all the details here, but the opposition, despite Mr. Stewart being summoned to the bar yesterday, rather historically, it was quite the scene actually, um, it didn't resolve anything. And uh, basically on one side, the Liberals are saying, this is a political game that is going to endanger national security and it is precedent setting. They were citing all these experts saying, once you've opened the floodgates to this kind of thing, um, national security will be compromised. And this, what there were very impassioned and principled speeches on the conservative side about the supremacy of parliament and respect for parliament. Will that matter to the average Canadian voter? I'm not sure. I, um, there were important issues for sure being debated yesterday in Parliament about this. There was the scene of, of this public servant standing there for way too long. Uh, I think everybody agreed on that at the end, that, that you know he had to stand and watch this fight taking place. Did it solve anything? No. But is this Parliament going to solve anything? No.
0: <laughs> yeah. Are, are there consequences are there issues that that Canadians should should be focused on arising from this story
2: that's a hard question to answer because um, certainly as, as I and others have been watching the conservatives asking about this that 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 question has been on my mind too why the focus on China why the fixation on um on the role of this lab and, um, and and what happened at this lab, which is still shrouded in mystery, um, there no doubt are national security implications because the the liberals were um, were quite strong yesterday in saying that that uh, they had to protect those. Right? How that affects the average Canadian citizen, I don't know. It's hard to see this as an election issue, for example. Yeah. But it, it is part of um, of the Conservatives trying to prove a point, and we heard all of the greatest hits yesterday, is that this government has little respect for Parliament. Now, that was the allegation against Stephen Harper as well, and I'm not sure that's what um, ultimately led to the Conservatives' de- de- defeat in 2015, but it is part of a, a larger story yeah. about uh, who respects what.
0: Yeah, and, and China is is uh, a subject that Aaron O'Toole raises a lot, right? So it, it, uh, it fits with that. Lot, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. let's turn to where we stand in the pandemic. Um, vaccination rates are increasing. The, the seven-day average of new cases in Canada has dropped below 1,000 for the first time since September, so there's lots of optimism around that. And now the government yesterday introduced new measures to start changing the rules around uh, quarantining when people return to Canada. Some people are saying this doesn't go far enough, and there are others also saying that the provincial governments need to do more now, given the numbers have dropped so low, to start reopening more fully. So what's your sense of of where we are on that?
2: I I think what you saw yesterday was a very, very cautious federal government Hmm. saying that... um, you know, it, it's not going to uh, barrel ahead with reopening, even though, as you say, lots of people are second dose now and keen to get out and and keen to start traveling. And for any of those people, you know, who've been dying to go across the U.S. border, that's not going to happen. The U.S. itself extended border restrictions on Sunday uh, to, uh, to the 21st of July, and then uh, Canada Yesterday, it has also extended the border restrictions, but this is a very, very meek, cautious reopening. And it tells you, I think my, my colleague, Tonda McCharles, wrote about this, too, in the paper, too. It tells you this is a government that feels a bit spooked by what has happened in the past year and, and too cautious, too quick reopenings and the variants out there frighten them. Also, don't forget, it wasn't that long ago. I was actually trying to find out when the last time uh, Doug Ford, the premier, also who seems to have been burned by reopening too soon, has been really going hard at the federal government about borders and insisting that that's where the problem comes from. So I think he saw a federal government. Even though you've got Jason Kenney announcing fully reopening plans just in time, no coincidence, for the stampede to take place in Alberta, mm. we still have a province. Where you and I are sitting in a province right now that is, um, is also being very cautious about reopening. People in Toronto have not been able to get a haircut since November, so we haven't even moved into phase two of reopening in Ontario. And I think that's the tension you're seeing playing out there at the borders is um, the provinces are not all of one mind on when to reopen. Uh, the federal government is not going to get burned by this. And I think it's it's uh, it's saying let's get more people vaccinated. There was one moment yesterday, there was a bit of dispute about this. Uh, Patty Haidu at a press conference said that, you know, Full travel, full return to normal is not until 75% of Canadians are fully vaccinated. And we are a long way from that right now. I think we're around 20, 25%. So uh, that tells me that it might be a summer of stay-at-home kind of travel, domestic travel. Mm.
0: All right. Let's talk about a committee that was looking into sexual misconduct in the Canadian Armed Forces. It has adjourned for the summer without producing a final report um, and of course uh, like many things at this time of year if, if they if it's not happening now it might not happen because we're, we're all expecting a federal election in the fall. Uh, the Liberals meanwhile have uh, have offered up their own proposals on on how to resolve some of the issues in the Canadian military. So uh, what's your sense of of the politics around all of that?
2: we saw a really interesting thing happen at the end of last week where all of a sudden Twitter feeds of liberal politicians, ministers, were filled with expressions of support for Harjit Sajjan after the Conservatives moved to condemn him in the House. And I think that was the Liberals' way of saying this story is over in my mind, or, or in our minds, this story has gone too far. This is now into the, the realm of character assassination, and we're not putting up with it anymore. There was a a real tone change from the Prime Minister. He devoted uh, part of his Friday news conference the prepared remarks to a defense of Mr. Sajjan. So I think the Liberals, uh, whether the Conservatives like it or not, and whether the women in the military like it or not, or the military itself likes it or not, the Liberals are saying, enough, this story's over, let's uh, adjourn for the summer and let the military sort out these problems, which are massive, and um, take it out of the realm of politics. So I think the, the Liberals have just decided, let's play out the clock on this one and, and let things calm down, because all of the heat and outrage that was being generated by this was was calling into question uh, whether we have a functioning military, and that's not a good look for Canada.
0: Yeah. And where do you stand on... On speculation about a September election, which it, 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 most people seem to think is increasingly likely.
2: Yeah, you know, I, a, a month or two ago if you'd asked me if there was going to be an election this summer I would have said no way. Um, in fact I'm still thinking later in summer. I, 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 I still am not convinced that the long August weekend is when an election is going to be called as some people are saying, but I've definitely you are, we are definitely seeing all the signs um, for good or for bad. Let's say, just say things are lining up the way the Liberals want them to on the uh, on the pro side of the ledger for calling an election. I would also say just watching the tone and tenor of politics and, and what has been going on in the House, all these things we've just been discussing for the last few weeks, it feels like there is no way this parliament is going to work anymore. It... it it just looks dysfunctional. It looks angry. Those, that, that scene yesterday with the public servant standing at the bar of the House of Commons, uh, the, the anger on all sides. It, it feels like, you know, whether this parliament was ever going to work for a long time, the pandemic probably prolonged its life. I think that's the biggest argument right now for an election is that it feels like, if they came back in September, it would just be to pick up all these these battles. And it, with people getting these second doses in their arms, everyone is looking for a fresh start. And yeah. I feel like an election plays into that, too. I don't want to be out on the campaign trail this summer, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like we might be.
0: Yeah. All right, we'll see what happens. Susan, thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you, Mark.
0: That's Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star.
1: Recently, we shared with Canadians that thanks to their efforts, we can now begin to adjust measures at the border.
0: Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Post, Matt Gurney argues, while the hotel quarantine announcement is good news, questions remain. Gurney writes... Monday's announcement was limited to Canadian citizens and permanent residents. Nothing more was revealed about plans to allow others into Canada, particularly at the U.S.-Canadian border. It's possible the government hasn't settled on the specific metrics yet. It's even possible they haven't even begun the process and will now scramble to assemble something that can be released to the public. This is no way to run a government at the best of times, let alone during a major crisis. In an editorial, the Toronto Sun argues, scrapping the quarantine is good, but long overdue. The Sun writes, Monday's news should be welcomed as a step forward, but there are problems. First of all, it doesn't apply to kids who are not vaccinated. They will still need to be kept in quarantine at home for 14 days, even while their parents roam free. There's also the simple problem of this coming far too late. These rules don't come into effect until July 5th, Let's embrace the good news of declining COVID-19 numbers and rising vaccination rates and use them to reopen more of our society sooner. In an editorial, the Toronto Star argues politicians need to go all in against the scourge of gun violence. The Star writes, The gun control legislation introduced in February will most likely die when the House rises for the summer. Parliament isn't slated to return until mid-September, And it seems likely that the federal election that every party claims it does not want will be called in and around that time. If so, all parties should commit to reviving this gun control legislation, and in a better form. That means a true national handgun ban. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. The newest appointee to the Supreme Court of Canada will appear before a parliamentary committee today before taking his seat on the highest court of the land. CPAC's Martin Stringer
1: has more. Mark, last week, the Prime Minister announced the appointment of Mahmoud Jamal to be the next justice on the Supreme Court of Canada. He replaces former Justice Rosalie Abella from Ontario, who has just retired. Justice Jamal is the first person of colour to ever sit on the Supreme Court. He is an accomplished legal mind, having studied law at the University of Toronto, McGill and Yale. He's fully bilingual and has appeared in more than 35 appeals before the Supreme Court, dealing with civil, criminal, and constitutional matters. Now, in Canada, after being appointed by the Prime Minister, Supreme Court justices don't face a confirmation hearing, like in the United States, but they do appear before a special question-and-answer session of the House of Commons Justice Committee. It's a chance for Canada's court watchers and the legal world to get to know the new appointee. The committee will also be joined by members of the Senate Justice Committee to hear from Justice Jamal. They'll also hear from Justice Minister David Lametti and from former Prime Minister Kim Campbell who heads up the Independent Advisory Board for Supreme Court appointments which recommended Justice Jamal for the position.
0: Thanks, Martin. Also today, the Prime Minister will hold a news conference to speak about the COVID-19 situation. He will also attend question period before taking part in a virtual conversation with members of the Parliamentary Internship Program. He will also take part in a virtual conversation with members of the House of Commons Page Program. Bloc Québécois leader Yves-François Blanchet will hold a news conference in Ottawa. National Defence and Canadian Armed Forces Ombudsman Gregory Lick will hold a news conference and release a position paper addressing the misconduct situation in the Canadian military. Public Safety Minister Bill Blair will hold a news conference to speak about firearms. Innovation Minister François-Philippe Champagne will announce a milestone in the construction of the new Biologics Manufacturing Centre at the National Research Council of Canada's Royal Mount location in Montreal. And Small Business Minister Mary Ng will attend the Evolution of Hardware Technology panel discussion at the Hard Tech Conference hosted by VentureLab. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, June 22nd. Tune into Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.